You're listening to Legal Skies, a podcast by the Law Society of Saskatchewan. This is Season 4, Episode 1. Please note that this recording was made on Zoom and we apologize for any poor audio quality. Welcome to Season 4 of Legal Skies. I'm your host, Julie Shabawali, Director of Communications at the Law Society of Saskatchewan. Today we discuss limited scope or unbundled legal services, what it is, why it is an affordable option for clients, and how to find lawyers who provide these services. Our guests today are Tiffany Paulson, QC, Venture of the Law Society of Saskatchewan and partner at Robinson Stromberg, LLP, and Dana Cornwall, Project Manager for the National Self-Represented Litigants Project. Tiffany and Dana, welcome to the show. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you so much for having us. Great to have you here. Tiffany, I wanted to start with you and just talk about what exactly is Limited Scope Services. Uh, so Limited Scope is um, a bit of a complicated name for uncomplicating uh, legal process, actually. So lots of times uh, people, I think, commonly understand lawyers uh, handling matters from start to finish. So the statement of claim all the way to the trial. And that frightens, understandably, a lot of people because they all know that there's big legal fees and big costs associated with such a, a massive uh, um, undertaking. And, and you know, trials, we all know, often can take years to get to a trial. And, and so um, people are equally frightened of the cost of that process, but also equally frightened of how to handle that on their own as well. And so unbundled services is a really great way of trying to um, uncomplicate or provide some limited scope assistance to unrepresented folks. So they may be, for example, they want to start a claim, but they don't know how to do it. So they will hire the lawyer simply to draft their claim for them, and then they'll take it to the court and go from there. Or they are facing uh, in family law an application for child support, and so they want the lawyer to help them put their financial information together to talk to the judge. Or uh, another project I was involved in last year, uh, the client had self-represented himself all the way along, but suddenly had a two-week trial, which would be very scary to someone unrepresented. And so he retained me to come in and, uh, first of all, get him ready for trial and spend the first couple of days of trial with him just to get him organized and help him proceed with uh, with his own trial. So it's it's sort of legal advice in, in chunks and pieces where, where clients decide they really need it most. Thank you for, for that. Uh, and I can't imagine doing a two week trial, (laughs) (laughs) even even as a lawyer offering full representation services, that's, that's a, that's quite a lot of work. Um, and, and so Dana, I, I wanted to ask you then from a public perspective, what Tiffany is describing, how is this helpful uh, for folks, especially for folks who are self-represented? Well, as, as Tiffany was saying, um, people, a large proportion of people cannot afford traditional legal services. There is, you know, just a huge, what we call the the access to justice gap where uh, folks who don't qualify for legal aid because the income thresholds are are so very low, um, but understandably cannot afford um, 
full service legal representation and, you know, especially not for any length of time. There's just there's a huge untapped market here, really, of people who want legal services but cannot afford what is most commonly offered. And we know from our research at the project, um, you know, most of the people we talk to, first of all, uh, um, uh, around half at least of the people that we talk to have in the past had legal services. They they want a lawyer and they have gone and, and gotten a lawyer. But at some point, as their case drags on, they run out of funds and they're forced to either abandon their case, if that's even an option, or to go it alone. So, you know, they are still looking for that legal help. And Unbundled Services provides a lower cost way to access at least some help. And as you're both saying, you know, it's such a daunting prospect, the idea of facing down the legal system on your own. And so people really are eager for any kind of assistance, even if it's not full scope, if they can, if they can pay for some help, some, you know, kind of coaching or help with the most difficult elements or the things they're most worried about, at least it gives them something and it, and it puts them in a better position. And um, we, we know that people are just very, very eager for any kind of more affordable uh, legal assistance. Yeah, absolutely. I I can understand if you are facing an issue that you realize is a legal issue that you would want someone to help you navigate the system as you're going through it. So both of you have used uh, a few different terms that I want to make sure listeners understand. So, so Dana, you mentioned legal coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what exactly would that entail? Well, for, um, you know, my understanding of it is that it, it, it kind of falls under the umbrella of limited scope or unbundled services. Uh, but the idea is that it's perhaps a little bit more holistic in that ideally um, a self-represented litigant um, starts working with a lawyer as a coach early on in the process. And that person, you know, literally acts as a coach and kind of doesn't do all of the work for them, but guides them along, offers advice, tells them how to do things and and gives them that that kind of coaching you know mentoring relationship as needed and um I, I think it's a really good model for you know kind of helping somebody get through the entirety of their matter yeah absolutely i i like the idea of coaching as you said uh, it's like having a mentor for mm-hmm. for that type of um dispute or or issue that you're going through and and so tiffany i wanted to come back to you and and talk a little bit more about uh, the folks who are offering these type of services and and the misconceptions because uh, as you know, not every lawyer offers unbundled or, or legal scope services or legal coaching. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts about why that is and, and what we can do to, to uh, encourage more lawyers to offer those type of services. You know, with, with any new process with, uh, with lawyers, we sometimes are a bit resistant to change and, you know, there may, there may be a potentially misconception that there's a lot of rules or things to be learned to offer under unbundled services. And, and actually, that's the first misconception is there's really not. Um, I'm a family law lawyer. And so, frankly, even before unbundled services or limited scope was a thing, uh, lots of family lawyers just do it anyways. We have lots of people who come in and say, can you manage this chamber's application for me? Can you help me with my documents? Can you, you know, um, 
whatever. Can you can you provide these limited scope things for me? So we were doing it anyways. Um, but for those folks who are are sort of hesitant, I guess, like I said initially, first of all, there, it's not that complicated, and and many of you are doing it anyway, so just know that. Um, secondly, I, you know, some people may think, well, if the folks who are retaining them can't afford a lawyer, could could they really afford me? And and the answer to that question is yes, in the sense that. Um, those clients are coming to the table quite honestly and saying, actually, I can't afford to pay you $200,000 to take my file from, you know, zero to trial, but I can, but if you're telling me it costs $5,000 to represent me in court on this motion, then yes, I will give you, I will pay that amount. And so you're not losing out from a financial perspective. And I think that's important for lawyers to know. And then the the last sort of, I don't know if it's a misconception, but I would say certainly a fear um, that uh, around limited scope that I had and, and and how I addressed it is, you know, sometimes I have clients who say, I filed all my materials. Could you represent me in court? And you're like, ay, yeah, yeah. Because you, even before you've seen those materials, um, those folks aren't lawyers. So they are not, they are going to immediately be lacking somewhat. And so uh, for me, um, and I did this recently, I went to, I had a client who retained me to appear for them at a pretrial. They had already filed their brief. Um, so I was, uh, just a clear communicator, which works well in all uh, aspects of life. I said to the court when I wrote them that I was coming in on a limited scope and I had not prepared the materials that were in front of the court. And that's fine. That's, um, that the judge frankly was thrilled to have me there, not because it was me, but they had a lawyer and a client on one side of this file and then the self-represented who was going to be all by their lonesome. And that's a difficult situation for a judge to navigate. They would prefer that the, there be a lawyer there to help that self-rep along. And so the judge said, great, see you at pretrial. I completely understand that those materials were not drafted by you. And we just dealt with it as we normally would, and it was fine. Yeah, and I think you bring up some really key points that um that the Dana was also discussing, which is there's clients that are willing to pay for legal services, but maybe they can't pay from beginning to end. And so as you were talking about this person having to go into a a pretrial, you know, matter or hearing by themselves, it, it would be better for them to have someone there with them, right? And Dana, I think that's what you were pointing to about the research that mm-hmm. self-represented uh, litigants, they do start off um, with, with having representation. It's just that perhaps they, they didn't need the full representation or couldn't afford the full representation and having some sort of representation along the process is better than none. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to then talk a little bit more, Dana, about what people should be looking for um, when they want to, uh, you know, do limited scope or unbundled legal services. Tiffany, as you mentioned, you had someone who came to you already in the middle of the matter, right? So, so let's say we haven't started yet. Uh, what, what should people be looking for? Well, I'll first say just kind of in a, I guess, a a practical sense, um, 
we know we know that uh, self reps have trouble finding people who offer limited scope services. So I'll put in a bit of a plug to um, to lawyers out there to make it known that you offer. If you do make it known that you offer limited scope services or coaching or whatever it might be, and there are you know lots of ways to do that. Of course, there are directories to join. I will put in a little plug for we have a, a directory at the NSRLP. If you reach out to us, um, you know we'll happily add you to that, and it's a, it's a good way for you to be found by self. So, um, you know, finding people in the first place, you know, people might want to go to a directory or, you know, talk to us at the NSRLP. We can we can, you know, point you to directories Um, in terms of finding the right person. I would say Tiffany mentioned this communication is is huge. I mean, I think that's uh, vital in a traditional legal uh, services model, but it's it's even more so in a situation where um, the self-rep or the partially represented person is going to be working with a lawyer. Um, so look for somebody, I think, who is who sees you as a partner, who, and we hear from self-reps that this is exactly what they want. They want somebody who, who doesn't condescend or, you know, make assumptions about who they are, what they can do, somebody who is, is truly willing to work with them as a, as a partner. And then that communication part is so important. So, you know, making sure you're working with somebody who makes things clear to you and who, who sets out from the retainer agreement to every step of the way that it's very clear what, what they're doing and what they're not doing and making sure that you understand that. Um, so I would say, look for somebody who you can communicate well with and see who seems to who respects your, your role in, in the relationship. Yeah. I think that's some wonderful advice and, and I will, uh, I know you mentioned directory, so I will make a plug here for the, the law society find legal assistance search tool where you can search uh, for, for lawyers based on uh, whether they offer limited scope or unbundled legal services or legal coaching on our website, www.lawsociety.sk.ca. Uh, Tiffany, I wanted to um, hand it to you and, and also ask you if uh, you had any tips for, for people who are looking for, for lawyers offering unbundled services or for lawyers who are offering this type of work and, and communicating to clients. Well, I, I actually think the key is the communication because, of course, the legal serv- the actual legal work and services you provide to limited scope is the same you would provide to full scope. So it's um, and there's three main audiences, I would suggest, where the clear communication needs to be, obviously, first of all, with the client so that they understand what exactly they have retained you to do and what they haven't retained you to do. And so um, sometimes there a bit of experience will come into play on that. But um, just, you know, so the client understands, are you drafting the written materials? Are you not? Are you simply going to court? Are you drafting the written materials and they're going to court? And all of those, you need to be very, very clear as to what the fees that they are paying for, the services that they will be provided with. And then you also need to, if there's actual litigation proceedings ongoing, to be very clear with the court uh, as to what your role in this process is. And that's as simple as just writing it in a letter to the court in advance of the court appearance and just tell them what's happening. 
for example, the pretrial example that I just used. So there's a rule of court that says if you're on for the pretrial, you're automatically on for the trial. So when I went to pretrial, I, I said to the one, I, I didn't draft the materials, but I'm here to re represent the client and I'm representing them on a limited scope and I will be withdrawing at the end of the pretrial, not retained for trial if we don't settle. Judge is totally fine with that because that is completely understandable. They, the court understands what your role is and they understand what's going to happen. Um, so you just, just don't be um, cute about it. Just tell people what, what's happening. It, it's not, it, this is not a big deal. And I think limited scope is becoming uh, more and more commonplace. And so just tell folks what's going on. And then the third person is if there's a lawyer on the other side, you really need to be clear um, because in fairness to lawyers on the other side, they also have rules constraining them about, for example, they're not allowed to talk to uh, clients directly who are represented by lawyers. But sometimes, and it's a bit, it can be a bit tricky, but communication is key is, uh, again, you know, my background is family law. Somebody may retain me to manage custody issues, but they're going to manage their property issues on their own. So the lawyer on the other side needs to understand that actually um, they're not breaking any rules by speaking directly to my client about bank accounts or selling of houses or things like that. But when it comes to parenting, they have to talk to me. Again, all of that is fine. Just need to clearly communicate with everybody what what the rules of the game are and, and I tell lawyers directly I'm on a limited scope this is my scope and it, it's fine you just just need to tell everybody what's going on that's all I, I feel like so many problems would be solved by communication <laughs> yes. oh yes, yes. throughout I, life I, yeah your communication always works yes absolutely absolutely you know how i feel about that yes yeah. well well thank you so much uh for for taking the time to to chat with me today and to really get into the issues and, and describe them so clearly tiffany and dana thank you for being on the show thanks for having us thank you so much julie this was great we hope you found the podcast informative and would love to hear your feedback, comments, or suggestions. You can contact us at podcast at lawsociety.sk.ca. I leave you with this amusing quote by Jesse Klein. Everyone wants to say they hate lawyers, and yet I've never met a parent who didn't want their kid to be a lawyer. <laughs>